Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts. There are two other hosts that are joining me today, of course. Danielson. Yo, guys. And Anna. Hey, guys. So before we start today's episode, I just want to say, like always, we do not run any ads on this show or take any money from any corporations. So if you would like to help us out, then there's a few ways that you can do that. One of the ways is Patreon. For only $5 a month, which is 16 cents a day, you can sign up to our Patreon and get an extra episode each week. These Patreon episodes are exclusive to members only. Today, we released a Patreon-exclusive episode over McMartin's Satanic Preschool. Then, we also have several more already locked and loaded for your listening pleasure. Another way to support the show is through our merch. Just teleport on over to our website, then you can see all the merchandise we have for sale. T-shirts, hats, socks, um, all that good stuff. I just wanted to say that the money we get from Patreon goes to bettering the show. Also, I know things are tough out there right now, so if you can't afford a shirt or a Patreon membership, but you want to help us out, then you can leave us a written review on iTunes, and that helps us out so much. So if you don't want to leave a review or get on our Patreon or purchase any merchandise, that's fine. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, Ghost Illuminati members, underground lizard people, space lizard people, whoever or whatever you are, to enjoy the show. Also, one last thing. If any of you would like to reach out to us, then you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, which is theoriesofthethirdkind.com. You can click on the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our site, you can leave us a voicemail anonymously with your phone, and we will play it at the end of the show each week. So today's episode is Thoughts and Theories Thursday. So if you're unfamiliar with Thoughts and Theories Thursday, it is where we each select our favorite conspiracy of the week, and then we discuss it with one another. So we haven't told each other what our theories are. And I've been hiding mine, and I've been wanting to discuss it so bad. So for the document, all I put in the document was cashing in on Granny. And you'll <laughs> understand this title whenever I get into it. But the real title of this is called The Body Trade. Okay. So I have a question for both of you. Let's say you have a family member that passes away, right? And that family member told you to donate their body for medical research. Would you respect that? Would you allow them to donate their body for medical research? Hell yeah. If that's what they wanted, I would respect it. Well, after I get done with my theory, you may think uh, differently. Okay. Uh-oh. So what do you think happens to their body? Like if it's donated for medical research, what do you think happens? Sent to a school, just, you know, pretty much used to teach the students, the other people wanting to become doctors, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's what many people assume, right? It's taken to a laboratory or used for studies, right? Th that's what I thought as well, okay? But I'm going to enlighten all of you to a subject that I was unaware of until a few days ago. 
Now, this is called the body trade. So, there is a company named Southern Nevada Donor Services. They offer grieving families a way to eliminate expensive funeral costs by giving them a free cremation, like they cremate a portion of the body of the family member that passed away in exchange for donating the rest of the loved one's body to, quote-unquote, advanced medical studies. Okay. Now, this company, and just like all the other companies in the United States that are like this, they're all around the United States, they stack brochures in funeral parlors. This company, specifically Southern Nevada Donor Services, it was located, of course, in Nevada. They gave commission cuts to the funeral homes who would get individuals to sign up. Oh, my gosh. That's a little messed up, but that's not too bad, right? Capitalism at its best. So let me tell you what happened in 2015, okay? So in the fall of 2015, a lot of people in this neighborhood in Nevada, in southern Nevada, well, let me back up. In 2015, there was this neighborhood. And in the middle of this neighborhood in southern Nevada, there was a giant warehouse, but there was a neighborhood that surrounded it. The people in the fall of 2015 started complaining of a mysterious stench. They were like, something really stinks around in our neighborhood. They started discovering bloody boxes that were being found in the local dumpsters around the neighborhood. They started calling the authorities. The authorities would say, okay, we'll take care of it. But nothing was being done. They were still discovering these bloody boxes. So a week after they started finding all these bloody boxes, someone contacted the local authorities again. But this time, they reported, now get this shit, that they had witnessed someone outside of that giant warehouse in the neighborhood. This person was in medical stress. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at this. This person was in medical scrubs and was holding a garden hose. And he was thawing out a frozen human torso in the middle of the midday sun. It was just a human torso frozen and he was holding a garden hose on it. Okay. He was spraying the water on it to thaw it out. But the remains, pieces of it in blood and tissue were being washed into the gutters and this was creating a stream of blood and guts and remains that were going past storefronts. And it all pooled on a street near a technical school where all these college kids went to. It's like, whoa, that's really weird. So many people in the neighborhood was like, what the fuck is going on? And why aren't the police doing anything about this? Right. They called the police. The people in the neighborhood called the police. Police went over there. And the guy finished thawing out his torso and went back inside with his torso. So the people in the neighborhood throwing up red flags and they were like, we want answers. So the local health inspectors were called and they held a town meeting and all the people in the neighborhood came and they told the individuals what was going on. The health inspectors said that the warehouse was owned by a company that was a so-called body broker. This company acquires dead bodies, dissects them, and sells the parts for profit to medical researchers, training organizations, and other buyers. That torso that the neighbors saw was being dethawed by a guy with a water hose and was being prepared for such a sale. 
this is where I was like, whoa, this is weird. Okay. That company's a middleman. That Southern Nevada Donor Services was at that warehouse and they were running it and selling these body parts. So I, I had no clue this occurred. So I started digging into it. I found out that each year, thousands of Americans donate their bodies in the belief that they are contributing to science. When in reality, they are contributing to commerce, to capitalism. Their bodies are being traded as raw material. And get this, it is an entirely unregulated national market. Now, I know what you're saying. Organs are regulated by the United States government, right? Well, these body brokers are the non-transplant tissue banks. They are distinct from organ and tissue transplant industry, which, of course, the United States government regulates closely, right? The organs and everything they regulate, you know, Mm -hmm. selling hearts, kidneys, tendons for transplant. Any of that stuff is illegal. But there's no federal law that governs the sale of cadavers or body parts for use in research or education. Few state laws provide any oversight whatsoever. And almost anyone, I could do it, you could do it, regardless of their expertise, can dissect and sell human body parts. That's, that's pretty fucked up, right? An industry model hinges on largely getting the supply of free bodies, which, I mean, it often comes from the poor because these poor families often go to these funeral homes and they can't afford a casket or the high funeral costs. So these funeral homes are like, hey, this service offers, they'll cremate a portion if you donate their body to medical research, when in reality it's donating it to this for-profit company that cuts the body up and sells it. So the industry has no national registry of body brokers. Like there's no national registry of body brokers that exists. The United States government has no say in it whatsoever. Many can operate anonymously, quietly making deals to obtain cadavers and sell the parts. Do you think that COVID has tainted a lot of the product? So like there's a ton. Oh, wait, I I could. No, no, no. You're, You're right on track because we're about to get into that. I'm going to cover a little bit more and then I'll get into tainted products. So uh, there is something I found. A Boston College law professor, Ray Madoff, said that there's a big market for dead bodies. He also said that we know very little about who is acquiring these bodies and what they're actually doing with them, if they're even doing medical research. So in most states, almost anyone can legally purchase body parts. So some journalists were able to purchase a cervical spine and two human heads from a Tennessee broker with just a few exchanges of an email. They just sent a couple emails. They said, I'll, I'll purchase them. And I think it was like 800 bucks per each head and then maybe like 500 for the spine. And no verification or anything. The guy packed it in the cooler, shipped it to him. Yeah. So there's uh there's tons of horror stories. Like you said with the coronavirus stuff and tainted. There's a ton. So I'm going to tell you about a quick story before I'm done with mine, all right? So in 2013, there was a guy named Arthur Rathburn, okay? He sold donated body parts. He owned his own little like private body trade company. 
he sold human heads and everything. Any body part you can think of besides the vital organs that are tracked by the United States government. And he sold them basically to medical researchers. He was like the middleman for two decades. Well, in 2013, he was raided by the FBI and arrested and charged with defrauding customers by selling them body parts infected with hepatitis and HIV. And then he lied to federal agents about some of the shipments. But that's not the most messed up part, okay? The most messed up part came from a U.S. attorney named John Neal and then what they saw during the raid. So during the raid in 2013 of this Arthur Rathborn's warehouse, he said that human remains were stored so shitty, and this is straight from him, so shitty that Rathburn needed a crowbar to separate frozen parts. That author's warehouse was littered with dead flies, dog bowls, and human remains that were frozen together in flesh-on-flesh chunks. Body parts were often out in the open and sometimes just sitting in coolers. Some of the freezers had heads and torsos. Some had arms and legs. Body parts were stored in a variety of containers such as Rubbermaid bins and 55-gallon drums. Tools such as chainsaws and circular saws were used to cut apart the torsos. Heaps of male genitalia were stored in refrigerators, multiple refrigerators. That is a lot of penises and balls. The FBI also discovered four preserved fetuses that were in their second trimester but they were floating in a cabinet drawer that was filled with brown goo. I found pictures of this, and I did not include them because nobody needs to see pictures of this shit. It is horrible. So that leads you to the question, what happened to Arthur? Well, he was found guilty. But anybody want to take a guess at how many years in prison he got? Twelve. Twelve, Dan? Three years. Three, okay. He got nine. That's it, nine. Um, And also, a little bit of more info. I was curious to see how much he earned throughout his years of the body part trade, right? From 1997 to 2013, he earned $13 million by selling or, now this is something else weird that I saw, leasing human remains that have been donated to science. Leasing. What is that like? Hey, we're going to send you a butthole, use it for a little bit, and then send it back. That's weird. But, uh, I mean, I, I looked into this stuff even more. I got a little bit more, and then I'm, I'm done. But I started to look into it. I found a Phoenix-based biological resource center, which sold more than 20,000 parts from some 5,000 human bodies over the past decade. Uh, but it was closed in 2014 following an FBI raid. Um, but I... <sighs> I guess you can say that it is bad and that this is happening, um, but the government is, is doing something about it because the FBI is like raiding some of the warehouses, but that's, that's not the case. They're the ones doing it also. They have their hands into this. I, I started digging around into it, and I found a guy named Jim Stafer of Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, this guy donated his mom, Doris. Uh, donated her corpse for medical research when she died in 2013 after suffering Alzheimer's disease. So this Jim, he read about Arthur and what happened with that guy's warehouse and how fucked up he was being with the bodies that were being donated. 
So he decided to see what happened to his mom's body that he donated. So he started researching it. <laughs> Get this shit. He found out that his mom's dead body was secretly sold to the U.S. military. What do you, what do you guys think they, uh, they did with it? Take a guess. Don't tell me they use it for target practice. I was going to say shoot him out of a cannon. Close. Both of you are close. They blew her up in a so-called blast test. The 74-year-old's body was passed to the army where it was strapped to a chair before they detonated a bomb underneath it. So he dug a little more and said that military records show at least 20 other cadavers that were donated for medical research were also used in blast tests without the knowledge of relatives. Each one of them were purchased by the United States government for $5,893. And that is my theories Thursday. So that's why my cashing in on granny is yes. <laughs> title for that. That's where it came from. Man, it's, that, <laughs> it leaves you speechless, right? You don't yeah. even know what to think because it's so messed up and it's crazy. If it is a lucrative business, our government's involved. They don't have any hoops to jump through. Nobody's really cracking down. The FBI, yeah, I got a couple places, but who's to say they didn't just take over those places to then take over the owner and be like, hey. We know what you're doing. We like to do this too. But now you got to give me a 75% cut of your profit. And you can keep doing this, but we're going to put you in another facility doing shit for us. And you're going to use your connections to keep selling these parts. But if you don't, we're going to raid you. Yes. Which is the plain example of that first one we talked about. How it kept getting covered up by the local health authorities. This, the police, you know, the police get cuts too out of it. Of FBI, course. local health inspectors, they were all getting cuts. And then finally they said, oh, you know, yeah, we ain't going to pay any of you. You guys aren't helping me cover this up, you know. So the FBI raided him. But that Arthur, man, that's weird. A lot of genitalia in the refrigerators. Yeah. Well, maybe some people don't like silicone. Oh, my God. <laughs> it reminds me of, what is it, Ed Gein, the guy who had like the nipple belt and all the other things. He would have been a great body trader. Or he would have been uh, a hoarder. Yeah. Because he, like, a part would come in. Oh, I could make a lamp out of that. Yeah. Anyways, that's my theories. That's my theories Thursday. I'm curious to hear what y'all's is. Who wants to go next? Or if you got anything else you want to add to this body trader, any questions? If not, we'll move forward. We're going to do an entire episode over the illegal body trade. Not really illegal, but there is illegal and there's the legal route. It really makes me want to go to a funeral home and start looking for these brochures to see if I can find one. Oh, yeah. If people got any of the brochures, shoot us images of them. Yeah. All right. Dan, what do you got for this theories, theories, Thursday, Thursday, Thursday? Thursday. All right. Have y'all heard of the boy in the box? I think I've seen pictures of him. The little kid? Yeah. He kind of looks like a mutant. Kind of a little. Yeah. Okay. No, I don't think I've seen this then. So the picture you've seen of Aaron, I think, is probably the facial reconstruction picture they did? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. So the boy in the box, he has two other names as well. He goes by the America's Unknown Child and then the Fox Chase Boy. None of those ring a bell? Mm -mm. No. All right. So in the Ivy Hill Cemetery in Cedar Brook, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, there sits a plot. And it's usually always covered in stuffed animals and kept up by the local families and sometimes visitors that go to see it. And the headstone reads, 
American's Unknown Child. This is pretty much a story of a child that was found nude in a cardboard box on February 25th of 1957 in the Fox Chase area of Philly, Pennsylvania. This very beginning part really makes me mad because it's kind of fucked up. He was first found by a local muskrat hunter. A muskrat hunter. He had traps set all around the forest area in Fox Chase, and he was out checking on these illegal traps of his. And as he was checking these traps, he stumbled upon a small cardboard box on the ground. He checked the box and saw the body of the boy wrapped in a plaid blanket. So what do you think he did? Called the police. Didn't call the police. He put him back? He, cu- he sold him. Pretty much, yes. Oh. Nope. He, since his traps were illegal, he just ignored it instead of contacting local p- police because, well, he would get in trouble. Selfish. Disrespectful hunter. What year was this again? 1957. Okay. All right. So a few days later, after the muskrat found him, muskrat hunter found him, a college student was driving by the area and he saw a bunny rabbit go into the woods. Well, he was concerned for the bunny because that area was known for having a bunch of traps. So he pulled over and he went into the forest to make sure the bunny didn't get caught in any of the traps. That's what I found weird is the fact that he pulled over and he decided to go into woods and try to find this bunny. It's like, oh, there's a small area that this bunny's going to be in. No. Well, since he went to the forest, he didn't find the bunny, but what he did find was the boy in the cardboard box. Luckily, this time, he actually, someone actually called the police and reported it. So when the police found him, they hoped since he was a child, and they suspect, said about the ages between of three and seven, that someone would be able to identify him quickly you know, like family members or friends, because, you know, it's a missing child. Well, that thought was pretty much short-lived. No pun intended, I'm sorry. Once they saw the condition the body was in, that idea was literally destroyed. They said that his hair was matted and seemed to be recently cut as clumps of it still clung to his body. His body was severely malnourished and covered with surgical scars, most notably on his ankle and chin. Despite the fact that he looked abandoned, the police fingerprinted him still, hoping to find a match. Which, in 1957, did they really fingerprint children back then like that? That's like one uh, thing I couldn't really find out. I don't know. That seems a little early. Yeah, so, but only thing that I could really come up with is maybe if he was coming from a different country, that they did some kind of fingerprinting, since he pretty much wasn't born in America. I don't know if that's how that works back then. Well, I guess I was thinking digital fingerprint, so of course that wasn't then. So maybe they did just do a fingerprint, and then they do the manual looking with the uh, magnifying glass. Mm. The old school way. Yeah. So pretty much they didn't find anything with the fingerprints. So over the next several years, the police made over 400,000 flyers, and they sent them out all over the Philadelphia area, and pretty much almost all over Pennsylvania. They even did a forensic reconstruction, which is the Aaron, the picture Aaron said he saw, which he looks a little odd. Not gonna lie. Looks a little odd. Yeah, I haven't seen him. But, uh, here. This is just one of the pictures. Okay. He's got a big old head, man. He does have a very interesting head shape. Yeah, so they did the drawing, and they, they put posters up all over the place in police stations, post offices, and they even started including them in the envelopes of bills. But still, no one came forward with any information on him. And then, you know, the crime scene was searched several times, 
But apart from several items of like children's clothing that they had, it had like beside them, there were no leads at all. And till this day, he still hasn't been identified, nor the case being solved at all. So it's been like 62 years now. No one's come forward with any information at all. Well, I can't really say any information. There have been a couple theories. The two theories I did find, the first one was in 1960, an employee of the medical examiner's office was told by a psychic that the boy in the box had come from a local foster home. The police inquired about the boy at the foster home and found blankets similar to the one he had been wrapped in hanging on the clothesline outside. And then as well as a bassinet that was sold in the same box that the boy had been found in. Yeah, the foster home was only one and a half miles away from where he was buried. Let's see. Ooh. And they're... Sorry, you can go on. I don't want to take over. No, go ahead. Thursday. Go ahead. Because you might have found something I didn't. There was a rumor that the police had suspected the connection to that foster home, like you said, but that there was a rumor that specifically the man who ran it and his stepdaughter, that he was raping the stepdaughter and the stepdaughter had the kid and kid was between five to seven. He had bruises all over his body. He was malnourished. That the father was beating him and hiding him. Well, the kid eventually died, so they wrapped him and buried him, so they wouldn't find out that that he was doing that to his uh, stepdaughter. Yep, and that actually is what the theory one is about. Sorry, Dan, I didn't mean to take over. No, dude, it was perfect. Well, not perfect. It's sad, but yeah, you know, pretty much the daughter, stepdaughter of the foster home owner, and then they said that his death had been accidental. But this was all coming from a psychic, so, you know. Yeah, and Ted Bundy was growing up in that area around that time, too. Ooh. Random fact. Little, little random knowledge nuggets. Yeah. So what's your second theory? Now, the second one, it catches my eye because of pretty much the Wayfair, Epstein, and McMartin stuff, kind of. So the theory, two is a woman referred to only as M, which I found out her name was Mary. The Virgin? I don't know. Oh, she's coming not. back. Well, I can't tell you when she's coming back because she left the country, I think. <laughs> oh, shit. But uh, she came forward claiming that the boy had been purchased by her abusive mother and abused for several years in her home. M claimed that after the boy vomited up his dinner of baked beans, her mother had bashed his head against the wall as punishment. And then she attempted to bathe him during which he had died. Mm. The police initially followed this lead as there were remains of baked beans in the boy's stomach and his fingers appeared to be water wrinkled. Those were both pieces of information that were never shared with the public. They were also encouraged by M's description of the boy as a small child with long hair, which, as I described earlier, he had clumps of hair pretty much cut off of his head. So this fit with their theory that his hair had been recently chopped off or cut off, as well as an old testimony from a man who claimed to have seen the boy being placed in the box near the woods. Then, unfortunately, police eventually let the theory slide as they were unable to verify M's claims. And after looking at M's background, they did find a, you know, history of severe mental illness. When they attempted to corroborate her claims with the neighbors and friends, all of them denied ever seeing a child in the home. The theory was eventually dismissed as ridiculous. But the one thing that did catch my attention on this was M said that her parents had bought this kid from a human trafficker so this shows you like how far back it's like 1957 so it's not super far back but it's showing that 
they were doing this shit even back then. So pretty much this kid had no identity, no family, nothing, it seems. So no idea where he came from, which he doesn't look, he, he looks foreign a little, I think. Yeah. The, did you hear the theory about the forensic artist who did that drawing, what he said? I did not. His name was Frank Bender or whatever. He has a theory that the boy had been raised as a girl on account for the unprofessional haircut as well as the appearance of the eyebrows being styled. I think he did make a drawing as well to show what he would look like with long hair and stuff. So there's a picture that was drawn with him with long hair. If he was sold, right, you would want him to look like a girl because, they're like, oh, a boy is missing and they're going to see this. I mean, kids are easy to be like, OK, it looks like a boy. It looks like a girl. Several times where I've been like, I don't know if I can tell if that kid is a boy or a girl. Right. In yeah. this picture, I'd be like, man, it's a, it's an ugly looking girl. But man, it's a it's a girl. You know, it's a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. But yeah, that's I lean more towards the M thing, even though the mental illness. Right. The mother purchased him and made him look like a girl and then offed him. See, and the one thing I did read up is, you know, they say that she's suffered from severe Ill, uh, mental illness. But what if her seeing the shit that's been done to this kid has caused that mental illness? You got to think she was living with her mother at the time that was doing this shit. She was raised like this is in her entire life. Kids aren't born to be killers. They're made into killers. Yeah, they're molded into them pretty much with the way their environment is. Yeah. And you think about it. He, he vomited up some of the baked beans. I mean, forgetting, I guess 1957 things were tough and all that for food. But to vomit up beans and then have your head smashed against the wall because you vomited up some of your food. I mean, I don't think I'd slam my kid's head into the wall. Maybe be like, you better clean that shit up. No, but yeah, like, you know, that and then I don't know, just being. The sound, the way they treated him, it probably it would have messed me up seeing that growing up. You know, yeah, knowing that you have some child that she was probably friends with, that was locked in some basement or cellar. It's sad, man. It makes me think: Did they ever give him a name? Jonathan. Is that what they called him? Well, M said in her reports to the police that his name was Jonathan. Oh. Johnny. Yeah. Very interesting theories Thursday, Dan. Yes. Yeah. A little sad, but... It's just sad how prevalent this is in the world. Sex trafficking, child trafficking. At first, I thought you were going to take an alien turn on me, and I was like, man, 57, that is about the time when alien things were popping off. But I see it didn't take that route, so... No. No, what y'all went with is... It seems like the M theory is the close, probably closest to reality. Yeah, and they aren't going to, if, if in fact that there's this underground human trafficking thing going on, they don't want to scare the public, you know, so. Yep. Now, I did uh, read one thing that I couldn't find too much else on is that I think one of the, a reporter, I think last year, said that he might have found a relative of the boy through DNA matching. But they're not able to get a hold of the relative or something like that. Hmm. It'd be interesting to dig more deep into this. Yeah, because I mean, I'd, I'd honestly like to know who the boy was. You know, I think that's only fair for him to at least have his identity returned to him. Yeah. May he rest in peace. 
All right. Well, let's hear your theory, Anna. What do you got for us this week? Okay. So when we were coming up with this topic, um, we threw this in the ring for an idea and I didn't know what it was. So I looked it up and I was like, man, this ties in kind of with our prophecy week. So I'm going to bring it up. We are going to talk about the message from Ashtar. I know, obviously, Aaron, you know what that is. Dan, do you know? I do not. Okay. So to do this story, I kind of want to take a Montauk journey. Just a quick one. Okay. So. I'm down. Sweet. Let's go. So we're going to go to the UK on November 26th, 1977. Okay. So let's hop in our chairs, set your dials, and let's do this thing. Are you ready? Yep, I'm ready to go. All right, let's go. Everyone okay? Yeah, I'm good. I'm a little cold. I wish you would have told me it was winter yeah. here. I, I should have told you to put a jumper on. You're right. Yeah. But sorry. Well, so what are we doing standing out in this yard of somebody's house? Well, okay. I know it's a little weird, guys, but let's walk over to their back door. I know it's creepy, but just sneakily look inside. All right, so do you see this couple? They're sitting on the couch about to watch the evening news. I feel like a peeping Tom, but yes, I see the couple. I'm trying to see him, but Aaron's breathing on the glass very heavily. It's kind of falling. Sorry, this is very intense. Okay. All right, so in a minute, we're going to sneak in here. What? And I know, I know. They're not going to be in there. I've created this... Uh, Diversion? In, yeah. Hey, what? What's that by the front window across from us? Edna, do you see that? What is that? Oh, I'm scared what it is. Go see what it is, please. I'm gonna go shoot it. Dick, I'm coming with you. Did you make this? Did you do this diversion? What's yeah, out don't, there? Don't, don't worry about it too much. Why don't we just uh, stick inside because we don't have a lot of time. And uh, let's watch this news program that's about to happen here. We could have just teleported to a radio shack <laughs> that don't hey, exist yet man at least we got some uh tea well actually 77 in my what i was about to say at least we got some tea and crumpets right now all right let's go inside here and what did you say watch some tv yeah it's this is the worst theory thursday ever <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna go and watch the news tonight guys i call the recliner should, should we lock the front door so they can't run, come back in, close the blind? Ah, uh, no, it's okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> All, right. All right. So what's coming on the TV? What is this? All right. So they're watching the news. Let's take a look at this. I guess this is what, what, what we're watching. Yeah. So we're watching the evening even news. Uh, Andrew Gardner is the host of a Southern broadcasting station. Okay. This is boring, but okay. I know. It seems really boring. It's going to be, it's going to have a twist in it, guys. So yeah, I would not watch the news anyways, but just wait. There's going to be something that happens in a... Whoa. Yeah. The channel's jacking up. They must not have good signal. This is the voice of Grimaud. 
representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. For many years, Yo, the guys, they're coming back. Yeah, they're, we need to leave. They're, they're coming back in. I want to watch this, but we got to go. Can you believe that, Edna? I can't believe we just saw Bigfoot. Oh, I can't believe it either. He was so big. Oh my gosh. Wait. Somebody's been in here. Everyone okay? Yeah, I'm fine. That was, uh, that was crazy. I can't believe you turned us into Peepin' Toms. Man, I just wanted to get that, I wanted us to see that firsthand. And Bigfoot, man, I appreciate you trying to, to get them away from the house, but you just disappeared a little too quick. We needed more time. And, yeah. I mean, you just made me commit my first uh, B&E. Thank you. <laughs> no problem, man. All right, so I have... I'm not gonna lie, I do have a copy of this video here, guys. I just, you know me, I love Montauk chairs, so I wanted to go experience it firsthand. So, we're gonna finish watching the video in the studio. So, what we're watching is a recording of what happened on the news that night, on November 26, 1977, that it was the normal nightly news at 5 o'clock, and then, in just shortly into it, a interruption happened in the broadcast and someone who calls himself Virilian of Ashtar gives a message to the people. The Rhodesian nationalist leader, Bishop Abel Muzurewa, has accepted Mr. Smith's offer to negotiate an internal settlement based on one man, one vote. But, he says, there are conditions. These include stopping the execution of all captured prisoners of war, this is the voice of Rillian, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. For many years you have seen us as lights in the sky. We speak to you now in peace and wisdom, as we have done to your brothers and sisters all over this, your planet Earth. We come to warn you of the destiny of your race and your world so that you may communicate to your fellow beings the course you must take to avoid disaster which threatens your world and the beings on our worlds around you. This is in order that you may share in the Great Awakening as the planet passes into the new age of Aquarius. The new age can be a time of great peace and evolution for your race, but only if your rulers are made aware of the evil forces that can overshadow their judgments. Be still now and listen, for your chance may not come again. All your weapons of evil must be removed. The time for conflict is now past, and the race of which you are a part may proceed to the higher stages of its evolution if you show yourselves worthy to do this. You have but a short time to learn to live together in peace and goodwill. 
Small groups all over the planet are learning this and exist to pass on the light of the dawning new age to you all. You are free to accept or reject their teachings, but only those who learn to live in peace will pass to the higher realms of spiritual evolution. Hear now the voice of Rillian, a representative of the Ashtar Galactic Command speaking to you. Be aware also that there are many false prophets and guides at presence operating on your world. They will suck your energy from you, the energy you call money, and will put it into evil ends and give you worthless draws in return. Your inner divine self will protect you from this. You must learn to be sensitive to the voice within that can tell you what is truth and what is confusion, chaos, and untruth. Learn to listen to the voice of truth which is within you and will lead yourselves onto the path of evolution. This is our message to our dear friends. We have watched you growing for many years as you too have watched our lights in the sky. You now know that we are here and that there are more beings on and around your earth than your scientists admit. We are deeply concerned about you and your paths towards the light and will do all we can to help you. Have no fear. Seek only to know yourselves and live in harmony with the ways of your planet Earth. We here at the Ashtar Galactic Command thank you for your attention. We are now leaving the planes of your existence. May you be blessed by the supreme love and truth of the cosmos. That's interesting. Now I know why we took the Montauk chair. Manual T. Now I know why we did. Yeah, because, man, it's pretty cool to be back then when that happened. Yeah, I mean, when I heard this, it certainly brought back thoughts to me of the Hopi Prophecy Week. Um, hitting on those same notes of you got to find your spiritual connection and your peace or you won't be able to make it over to the fifth world, which has all this, is entirely peace, love, harmony, one mind type of world. So I was like, okay, well, I have to include that. It's a weird co connection. And I, what they were saying about the capabilities of somebody to hack into primetime TV back then, it's not like they hacked into one broadcasting tower. They found out that five separate towers had been hacked. And they just said for that time, there just weren't a ton of people in the world who could actually do that. Or I couldn't really find any cases saying at all who could it have been. I know that they never have found anyone at all that was uh, convicted or charged with anything involving this night. It's pretty much happened and then fell off the face of the earth like no one talked about it i had never heard about it um looking him up i did find people who have uh, communicated with ashtar you know we have a, a a world that's amazing and a lot more people whose energies are open and can 
communicate with other dimensions, mediums, uh, whatever you want to call them. So I, I did watch stuff on that, and what I gather is that Ashtar is all about love. They allow us to have free will. Like, they don't allow us because it's not their job. They, they never interfere with our free will, but their whole mission is to make sure that we embrace love and love others. Uh, so, and, and love ourselves, of course, too. So whenever you get that random thought that you just want that candy bar, that's probably Ashtar saying, you deserve it. Go get you that Treat candy yourself. bar. Yes. So we mentioned in that, or I mentioned in that, the New Age of Aquarius. We talked about that again with the Hopi prophecy. And I just wanted to quickly go over what that was if it... Uh, if, I just want to refresh people on what that was. The age of Aquarius refers to the causing of great turmoil in order to make room for the new values of love, brotherhood, unity, and integrity. Everything with Piskin values is being exposed and taken down. This includes governments, corporations, individuals, and even personal relationships. The Aquarian age points to the direction of of our own evolution and consciousness. We are each being asked to make a choice. We can cling to the old, outdated values or adopt the new, evolving ones. Our happiness and peace depends on our choice and the change will take place whether we like it or not. It is said that this is the time when all minds become one and we work together as one. So... I certainly have been feeling a lot more strongly about the theory of the coming of the fifth world. 2020 does not help. Like, if it, if it was like a quote-unquote normal year, like 2012, and so it just, I wouldn't even think anything of it. But every month we've had some crazy, stupid, disastrous thing. We're like, what is, what's August hold now, you know? We're, we're waiting for every month to give us something different. That's weird. We're living in a very weird year. And I just, with both Hopi and Baba Vanga saying that in 2020, there's going to be a nuclear attack on the U.S. And then the Baba Vanga is to go as specific to say November is when it would happen, which as we all know, that's election time. So it's almost as if, if, you, if we choose the wrong person, they're going to set the nuke down and say, y'all fucked it up. We tried to tell you. We made it real obvious who you need to be voting for. Reset. World starts over. And only the people who are left will continue on the fifth cycle with love, care, compassion, you know, harmony as one species because we are just the human race. One, one giant planet of love. But do you think that... I mean, not to like give some heat to what you said, but do you think they really care about the United States and who they vote for? Wouldn't it be like more like a world thing? I think they would step in whenever we got a world leader, whenever maybe this 2020 is shifting us to a one world leader, right? And maybe they're going to come in and say, hey, we're the one world leader. And the Greys are like, no, you're not. Because these ones, these Virilian or whatever they're, what is it, Ashtar, the Virilian, right? Ashtar. Yeah. 
they're the Nordic aliens, supposedly. You know, the mm-hmm. super tall, blonde hair, pale-skinned, blue-eyed aliens who mainly believe in sp- spreading love, who we talked about on the alien episode. The theory is that they implanted their DNA with our closest relative, which is the ape, right? And that we're part of these love and beings and whatever. But then over the years, the greys have spliced some of our DNA as well. The greys are the dark aliens with dark energy. The Ashtars are Nordic aliens with the good energy, right? And they've been, it's, and they're in a battle, the Nordic and the greys. Do you think... Well, because I guess I was thinking if we go back to the aliens episode where we talked about the possibility of Hitler seeing these beings and that's why he wanted the blonde hair, blue eye race as the supreme race. Um, maybe that, that, let's say if it is Ashtar people, they came down to deter Hitler of his evil doings. And then Hitler was like, whoa. Y'all got spaceships. You're way advanced. And so it, it wasn't of really saying you should attack these people. They were more like, Hitler, you're being a bit dramatic, friend. You need to just like calm down, peace, love, happiness. And Hitler took a whole different direction with it, did not take the loving part that the Virilian or the Ashtar were trying to portray. He took the gray part. The hate. Yes. It is interesting and a good discussion, but that just, it, it adds to my theory of a space, intergalactic space council that is being hidden from all of us. Yeah. And we're just infants in the world as it is, in the sorry, universe as it is. We are babies. We cannot be awoken to what's really out there because we're not ready. Yep. 100%. We might think of ourselves as a world power, but we are nowhere close to being anything. No. No. Not at all. No. All right. Uh, You got anything else you want to add before we roll into on the scene? I think I hit all all the points. I just wanted you guys to kind of hear this, bring it to your attention, because I didn't know about it till this past week. Uh, Make make of it as you will. It's really just, it's information to add to your file. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Montauk chair. I enjoyed hearing it. Uh, Super interesting stuff. Don't know how they could have done it back then with the technology of intercepting and going. That doesn't seem plausible back then. Yeah, watch the video if you can bear the voice. I mean, it's if you're really thinking about it and you want to get through that, just think this is an alien talking through our <laughs> systems here to make us. Like, I'm listening to an alien right now. Speak to me. Oh, man, this is cool. And just the sounds at the end, they kind of, like, I feel like I have to, I bob my head to the womb, womb. Uh, almost as if I'm going to go into a trance with it. And then I think maybe that maybe what if that's like the different types of frequencies they're trying to tune when you tune a guitar, right? You're like, new, 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 whatever those, those tuning moments are what we were hearing on the broadcast was them tuning into the frequency they have to get to, to travel to whatever part of the dimensional worlds that they live in. And that's why it sped up at the end, because they were like, we got it. Down, 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 down. I'm just saying. Throwing it out there. Nice. All right. So that was this week's Theories Thursday. I want to thank both of you for bringing in great theories this week. Dan with the boy in the box. Your Ashtar. Wonderful. 
Dude, you then killed it too. Uh, cashing it on Granny. Granny for cash. Oh, thank you. All right. So now we're going to roll into this week's On the Scene report. If you're unfamiliar with On the Scene, basically it is where an individual will go out in public and get the public's view and opinion on certain topics and questions regarding conspiracies. So this week, our submission is from Hans, and he is on the scene. So we're going to play that right now. Yo, 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 it's your boy Hans on the scene. Hey! Speaking this mic, do you believe in aliens? Yeah. What do you, like, what about them makes you believe in them? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing? So what if you woke up with one of them playing patty cake with your ass cheeks? I would believe in them. You believe in them? Do you believe in Bigfoot? No. No? Why not? What do you believe in, good sir? You don't know? You don't <laughs> know? You know, big old dick up in the sky? You ever woke up in the middle of the night with your asshole hurting? Uh-uh. <laughs> that means they haven't visited you yet. Just know. Just know. They're coming. They're coming. In more ways than one, dude. More ways than one. Uh. Yep. They're invading the world and people's assholes simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> guy he's the guy really wasn't responsive i mean i would i would kind of act the same way if i had somebody come up to me asking me those certain questions but dude hans i love it he is the on the scene reporter i love him keep him coming it always makes me laugh man i love the commitment to your questions your excitement i'm drawn in to know what the answers are going to be you got to find someone on the scene that uh Gives you gives you something back, man. Believes in aliens, but doesn't know how or why or anything. You got to get somebody riled up. Somebody to start a cussing at you. You have a good argument. Believes in aliens, but don't believe in Bigfoot. Bigfoot's very upset with you on that. One. Yeah, very upset. But thank you, Hans, for the on the scene report this week. And we will touch again with you next week, hopefully. Boom. All right. So now we're going to go into voicemails. The first voicemail this week is from Espinoza. So we'll play that right now. Hello, Theories of the Third Kind. Uh, I hope you guys are doing well. I uh, just want to let you guys know I love your podcast. And uh, I wanted to recommend a movie to you guys. It's called Alien Code. It's on YouTube. It's free. Uh, it talks about the men in black. It talks about different dimensions and, you know... Uh, whole bunch of crazy shit like that i'm sure you guys would enjoy it uh please check it out uh, and then you know maybe give a brief review on it what do you guys think but anyways um what if these men in black aren't really from a secret agent i mean a secret government agency that deals with aliens you know just like the will smith, will smith movies that we've all seen but what if these men in black are actual interdimensional beings um and that's why in the reports you know they always look the same they're tall humanoid pale skin you know no hair no eyelashes no eyebrows deep monotone voices um you know what if what if they're in from a different dimension and our brain perceives them as men because we can't possibly come close to understand what they really look like you know we can't comprehend that because we don't know anything about the higher dimensions we don't know anything about it uh, but anyways it's a great movie it's kind of like low budget but it it it's really good. I watched it. The first time I watched it, I watched it twice in a row. It was done. I started all over again because it just really makes you think about what's really out there. 
Anyways, I want to um, leave you guys with something to think about before you watch this movie. It's a quote from the actual movie. And it says, If you're seeking answers to alter your understanding of reality, does that not make your world a projection rather than a perception? What is the, what is the actuality? Do you see the world as you imagine it? Or are you observing what is really there? If reality is just a projection, what happens when the source, when consciousness, is absent? Even with an eternity of self-reflection, man cannot understand the difference between actuality and illusion. With every man born comes a new reality, all competing in perpetuity. Perhaps this is why man is so perpetually at odds, so conflicted, so divided. Thank you, guys. I love you. Wow, Espinoza. Thank you for that excellent voicemail. Um, there's a lot of stuff in it. The Men in Black theory, I think we, we covered that, didn't we, Daniel? Of them being maybe not interdimensional beings, but I think we've mentioned it interdimensional beings. I got chills hearing that quote from that movie, man. Yeah, that was a great quote. It was real good. That was a, I like that you clipped that out for us. I think that's yeah. enough to make you want to go watch the rest of it. Kind of do, actually. I don't know why, the way he described the men in black, first thing that popped in my head is the movie Hitman. <laughs> yeah. But thank you, Espinoza. We yes, love thank you. thank you so much. We will talk to you soon, hopefully. All right. This next voicemail is from young Aguman. Hearing from him again. Always love it. So we'll play that Yay. one right now. Your what's going on, y'all? Um, good morning, good afternoon, good evening to the people and them. Uh, theories of the third kinders. Uh, it's your boy Young Agumon once again here with a, another voicemail. Just you know, giving praise to my people, my three favorite people right now: uh, Aaron, Anna, Danielson. I fucks with y'all, bro. I want to give a special shout out to Anna for like literally hitting me up cold turkey and just checking on me. Like I didn't even know she don't even follow me. Like y'all don't even follow me, and like you really reached out. Like I really appreciate that. Um. You know what I'm saying? I was so touched that I just decided to become a Patreon. So now I got more shit to listen to. And I feel like I'm really a part of the team. So I love it. Um, Basically, I wanted to talk to y'all. First of all, I love season two. Um, the first voice note was about season one. This voice note is going to be about season two. Y'all really did a good job picking Anna. She adds to the conversation. She's funny. Um, she brings She brings a different dynamic to you know the conversation and i appreciate her enthusiasm and her energy like it's so clutch that y'all really you know really fuck with her like that um because i fuck with her daniel son i'm gonna tell you something right now homie i'm not even gonna hold you like if you come to new york bro we could smoke bro like it's not even no issue but like i'll definitely slap my box of briefs to the left like it's not no issue and then keep in mind like the gag is i'm really gay <laughs> so like yeah, that could happen no i'm just kidding but not about the gay part but um uh what else what else what else our aaron boy you know you know i fucks with you bro you sound like literally like one of my cousins every time you say god damn like when you did that skit bro you literally sounded like one of my cousins like down south bro <laughs> so like i fucks with y'all i really fucks with y'all but you know i hope everybody's doing okay on a serious note Hope everybody is doing good. I hope the listeners are doing good. And I just love y'all. You know what I mean? Just be safe, y'all. All, all the best. 
And again, we want it for that cipher. If y'all want to do separate ciphers, it's by all means. It's no issue. Let me know. Be safe, y'all. Thank you for the voicemail, young Agumon. Yeah, man. We always love hearing from you. And you know you always take care of your girl, so I appreciate you. Um, you know when I come to New York, you better roll one up for me. And I want to try your new edibles, too. Yeet, yeet. But God mm-hmm. damn. I know. So <laughs> what we're going to do, but your theory thing is is really, really good. So uh, we're going to cut that little bit out. And next week, we'll throw that in as a voicemail of itself. Um, just because we we're getting close to the end of the month. We want to make sure that we get all of our... Uh, we have enough space on this episode and everything. So next week... We'll put that on under voicemails because you tied in a lot of good things and you bring up the age of Aquarius. And I just love how you did everything. Yeah, um, I love but it. But I love you, dude. You're amazing. I'm so glad that you're, uh, that you're safe out there in New York. You know, I'll be checking up on you again. Don't you worry. Fine thing. And Dan will be checking up on you as well. Make sure those boxers actually slide to the left. Just saying. Nice. Nice. Much love, man. Much love. All right, this next voicemail is from Bay, and we're going to play that right now. Hi, guys. I'm Pam from Canada, and I've tried to make this voice like 50 times, but it's so hard with like birds, cats, and dogs everywhere. But um, I'm going to tell you guys a story that um, it just kind of fit in because of your guys' podcast, which I've been binging watching it in the last two weeks. It's crazy. Love you guys so much. Anyways, let me continue. So I was at work, and I was listening to your guys' UFO podcast, and you guys rolled in on that British lady who had seen in the UFO these golden-like, angel-like figures. And I was like, crazy, that sounds so freaking familiar. And you know why, Dan? You know why it sounded so freaking familiar? Because in March, sadly, my great-grandmother, who was 105 years old, had passed away. But before that... In her, in, she had a dream two weeks before she had passed away. She had a dream, a vision, and it was this angel with gold light, gold everything coming towards her and telling her she had two weeks to live. And her being a Catholic, a Catholic woman, I had completely believed her. She was sane. I'm just going to repeat this again, that she was sane. She could remi- remember everything from her childhood. She could walk. She could talk. Girl could paint her nails and put her earrings on on 105 years old. Okay, okay. So basically, I'm breathing this and I was like, that's crazy. Like, I could I could see that. I could see that. We see eye to eye. We see each other. And so, two weeks after that, okay, two weeks after that, I'm at the hospital. And my grandmother, who's there visiting her at the time, was like, bro, your grandmother's speaking crazy. And I'm like, crazy? She never do that before. She's never done that. So, um, I tell, I like taking the story and my great grandmother was telling me on her bed, she's like, in the middle of the night, this light on her fourth story window comes to her, okay, comes to her and she's like paralyzed, she's paralyzed in her bed, she can't like look, but she sees it. And then all of a sudden things start touching her, right? And I'm just going to remind you guys here that she only has, remind you guys, letting you guys know that she only had one night nurse, this tiny little Filipino lady. Okay, so there's these beings, these tall, lanky beings surrounding her bed, touching her, probing her, and just like, she can't do anything, and I, she's like scared, and she's like telling me this, and then my grandmother's like, something about aliens, and I'm like, aliens? Hold up, aliens? And I'm taking it all in, and I completely believe her, because she does not speak English, only Spanish, has never had a cell phone, um... It's never really been on the computer and only watches like Spanish soap opera. So how did she get the story? How did this idea come to her? Okay. And she's telling everything exact on how like people have been abducted where they're like paralyzed and being felt up and things injected in them and tall lanky beings. And I'm thinking it's the grace. But anyway, so yeah. Uh, and then 
like two days after that, she died. So my theory was that maybe they had come to her to find out why this 105-year-old with perfect brain memory had still survived this long through almost, sadly, two pandemics and then almost two World War II. Two World War Twos? Two World Wars. So... Yeah, so that was my theory, and then I have another story about the Germans um, experimenting on my grandfather, but that's completely in a different voicemail at a different time. But, so basically, thank you for enjoying this long voicemail, and I don't know, I feel like I just need answers, or I feel like I need your guys' idea on what it could have been, because, listen, it all just ties up, like, I, I it was crazy. Anyways, love the podcast again, um, and thanks for everything. Dan, I love you, and I will be proposing soon, and you're super cool, I feel like we can vibe, and Aaron, you're, you're kind of rad, I'll, I'll be honest. But yeah. Um, kneecaps and Bigfoot 2020 thank you so much for everything oh <laughs> thank you Bay, for the voicemail so let me make sure I got it all I'm, I'm understanding it all the same way you guys are understanding it her grandma was 104 years old or 100, Five. 100 and something she was totally sane but she started saying that she was abducted by aliens or she started to see lights or beings golden lights so I, I'm assuming her grandma saw it more as an angel type thing, but Bay seeing or B seeing it more as a, um, alien related thing because she woke. I'm calling her Bay. You call her Bay. <laughs> so th- thank you for the voicemail. I love it. I love your birds. Send us pictures of them. Yeah, Aaron's all about them birds, and I do think that there is something about when you get close to your time of death. Uh, you get like your death call. You do become more at peace with the idea of dying. I mean, I don't have a lot of elderly friends, but I I've never really heard talk about. If I was old and scared to die, I would talk about it because talking about things helps you process them. But you just I don't feel like you ever really hear people saying that. Oh, I'm afraid to die. It's more I love the life I lived. I appreciate what what I've done. Da da da. They hold value of the life that they had before. So her grandma getting a message two weeks before from angels or aliens, it to me is like that was her calling. She knew that her time was close. Helps you like tie any loose ends before you go. Yeah. But awesome. Thank you so much. That was a lot of information packed in there and we appreciate you. Yes, definitely appreciate you. I guess I have something to look forward to now. A proposal. So we'll see how that goes. Yep. Just so you know, I don't like anything too flashy. Oh, nice. Get him something plain Jane. Plain Jane. All right. So that's the end of the voicemails. Now we're going to roll into the ratings and reviews for this week. The first review this week comes from Skidamarinky Dinky Dink. I love that name. Uh, Left on June 10th. It is five stars with a subject line that reads the Machine Elves episode. They go on to say, I'm an experienced psychonaut. I love the DMT episode. It's incredible how everyone can have a shared experience across time and space. As you read through the experiences, I was continually floored by the amount of those exact experiences I have had myself. Love the show. You guys are such a great addition to my workday. Well, thank you, Skidamarinkadink, and I want you to do something right quick. If you're listening to this while you're at work right now, I want you to take a second. Take a break away from the man and stick it to him. I want you to go out in your car right now. I want you to take some DMT. No, don't do that. Don't don't do that. But seriously, thank you for the love and the listen. We love you. Thank you so much, man. I do also believe that your name is amazing. Thanks for the review. 
It's a badass name. Skimmerinky dinky do. Added the do. But yes, thank you for the review and the five stars, man. Or gal. So let's see here. This one was left by Black Amos on June 10th. Five stars labeled a majestic gazelle on a dry desert podcast landscape. Theories of the Third Kind is an absolute is an absolutely fantastic listen. All of the hosts are thoroughly entertaining and bring something unique to the table. Aaron has a subtle Texas draw, reminiscent of drinking a high-end class of bourbon and sitting on the front porch at dusk. Thank you. Dan <laughs> Sorry. Dan brings valuable, entertaining, and funny aspects to the show as well. The presentation format has gotten drastically better over the course of the show, and they now have a consistent format that keeps the show moving at a good pace, but still leaves time for hilarious nonsense. All the hosts do their homework on each sub subject and really look at each topic in a unique light. You can feel their passion for the topics they speak about, and that's what makes this show special. I would love to hear a podcast on the Bermuda Triangle, Atlantis, or alterations made by the Bible during the Dark Ages, or made to the Bible during the Dark Ages, or just the Dark Ages in general. Great show, and I hope you give them a listen, because you won't stop listening. Nice. Thank you so much, uh, Black Amos. That's a nice, lengthy review. I like yeah. a bit of length. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, thank you. For the review, thank you for the love. We're sending it right back to you. And I'm glad I got that Texas Southern draw. I don't know how long it's going to last, though, for me being in Maine now. Hey, there, bub. Might come up there, bub, and get you a nice clam chowder. Please don't get on that accent. Let's all go to Target. All right, so our next review is from uh, Every Nickname is Taken. I agree. Usually all taken. On June 10th, from the U.S., titled Love the Podcast with Five Stars. Love the podcast. You guys discuss so many interesting topics and sound like you know what you're talking about. I really enjoyed the Aliens episode and actually laughed out loud multiple times. All three of you are hilarious. Great job to the new host, Anna. You fit right in and I'm looking forward to future episodes where we get to hear more about your thoughts and theories. Thank you for that. Thank you. Who are you? Bring yourself upon. I want to know who you are. Every nickname is taken. Do we speak upon on the Twitter sphere? Are you a part of the Discord cult membership? If not, sign up. Yeah, it's really great. We have cookies. Yep. This next review was left by Big Belly Chris, left on June 11th, with the subject line that reads, Mysteriousness Sexy, with five stars. They go on to say, The woman's voice is mysterious and sexy. For that, I will continue to listen. I mean, just just come on in. And sexy. Bring your headphones a little closer to your ears. Oh, yeah. You like that? Squeaky, 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 squeaky. Does it give you the little tingles? <laughs> Just kidding. Just want to put you up in a ball and put you in my vagina and have your hair tickle me from the inside. And I know it's you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much, Belly. Big Belly Chris. I don't really know what to say to that because I just feel like it's so not about me. He's going to be like, what the, I did not, I quit listening to this show because of this bitch. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> thank you for the love. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Uh, this next one we have, this one is left by Jake HXKQHD on June 11th again, titled Crazy Conspiracies, Conspiracists. One star. 
There are insane statements in this poorly researched podcast like, quote, the moon is 100% hollow. And you should definitely not give this any encouragement. And Aaron still believes the moon is 100% hollow. It is. It's filled with reptilians. No. I don't know what I believe in regards to the moon. You know, it's weird. A lot of weird things. You should listen to the moon episode. Very good. It is very good. All right. So our next one is from TX Aggie 69. Left on June 11th from the U.S. Titled Moon Landing Show. With five stars. This show is very interesting and postulated many interesting theories. Thank God that Anna was on the show in order to bring in intelligence, knowledge, and creative thinking. We're a bunch of dumbasses, Dan. Yeah, we're a bunch of dumbasses, <laughs> seems like. Well, you know, last week I got bashed pretty hard, so you guys can have one week of the 52 of taking a bad word or two. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take, take it, the but... other 49 for 50. I mean, I can't do math. Thank you, Texas Aggie 69. We love you. Yes, much love. Yes, thank you. I'm. You know, all we're trying to do is make you think. So, all right. The next, the next, uh, I almost said voicemail. The next review was left by Huge Giovanna on June 12th. It is one star with a subject line that reads absolutely horrible. They're going to say, if you want to listen to people slowly read Wikipedia articles badly on subjects covered many times before with no new info, this might be for you. I listened to part of the moon landing episode, and you have to listen to how bad this is. It's hysterically bad. This woman's voice made me laugh uncontrollably. Okay, first of all, we don't get any of our information from Wikipedia. Okay, so you're wrong, huge Javina. And uh, I don't know why somebody's voice would make you laugh uncontrollably. but It's because I was saying a bunch of funny stuff. Oh, okay. Oh, so they meant to hit five stars instead of one star. Yeah, yeah probably. The empty ones yeah. counted. Gotcha. Yeah, make me feel better throughout my day, but thinking that way. So, we will move along to Lumar, Lumar Tarrant. They gave us five stars on June 12th, saying, Getting my Montauk chair new wheels. I love this. You have a little audio drama acted by host. Subject matter, discussion, and a bit of banter, but the best is one of those hosts must have their witchy vibe going on. They do not receive sponsorships, but making it all themselves. Gifting us. I know of one YouTuber that does this, so don't give up. You're going to be successful. I cannot afford Patreon as of yet, but as soon as I can, I am subscribing. You're doing something unique, and please do not give up your Montauk chairs or your Wii dramas. You know when I have got my mojo back, I'm gifting Patreon to me, but to a friend as well, so that they can experience your intentions. God, if one of you were not a witch, root worker, or understanding this gifting, then you would think I'm talking gobble gook XXX. It's from Great Britain, man. That's certain. I, I get your speech. Well, thank you, Lumard. You know, life is full of mysteries. And I think you have to be open to thinking of it as many different options. And I am certainly someone who believes in energy, stones. I may not be very good at practicing with my stones, but you bet your ass I got them around my house and I'm going to work on being better with them. But you just have to find whatever makes you feel connected to this earth 
and everything will be okay for you. Just be positive, spread love, and that's all you need. So thank yep. you for spreading love to us and reaffirming us that we're doing a good job. We love you and we appreciate you. Yes, we love you. Thank you so much. Yes, much love. Thank you for the review and the five star. Oh, yay. So this next review comes from a Jimmy Jordan Dyke left on June 12th from the U.S. titled Finally with Five Stars. I've been searching aimlessly for far too long trying to find a podcast that could hold a flame to the fire that was thinking sideways. And I can finally say I found that podcast. I stumbled upon theories last week and I've already been through every episode. Thank you for your service, guys and gals. I applaud you. Thank you, Jimmy Jordan, for the review. We love you. Yes, thank you so much, man. We appreciate you. All right. The last review this week was left by Slow Moses the Kid on June 12th, and it is five stars with a subject line that said this with a subject line that says surprised to finally find a decent podcast again. They go on to say it's been very hard for me to find any podcasts that are even possible to listen to. The fact that everybody making podcasts think they need to be funny or comedic usually ruins any show. But this show has the perfect balance of some funnies here and there, while mainly being well-thought-out content in an organized fashion. I know I'm not the only one who instantly turns off any new podcast that has cringy, lame, annoying jokes laughing. Well, thank you, Slow Moses the Kid. I love you, and I'm glad we can provide your ear holes and provide a perfect balance for you. That's what we strive for. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Appreciate your love. We love you. All right. So that's the end of the ratings and reviews this week. Uh, We're going to have to kind of be short with shout outs just because we're running up on our hosting limits. It's the end of the month. It's like every end of the month. Um, So I got a couple shout outs I want to do. I got three. Uh, The first one, I want to give a shout out to Emily C. She's the one who suggested the exclusive discord for Patreon supporters, which we launched a couple days ago. If you aren't a Patreon supporter, then you're definitely missing out with our extra episode each week, and you are missing out on the exclusive Discord, where you will see me dance nude, and I will video chat it. I'm just kidding. I don't do that. Uh, the next shout-out I want to give is to Dell Johnson. He sent us an image, and I'll link that up right now for you guys to look at, a Bigfoot ate my ass image he made. I love that. There it is. Linked it up on Discord for you guys. Damn, boy, he's thick. Oh, boy, that boy is thick. Thick. That's a thick boy. Thank you, Dell. I love it. Um, and then the next shout out I want to give is to Nolan Ryan. He submitted a graphic of Daniel on Bigfoot. And dude, it is very good. I was like, whoa, that is a very good graphic. Oh, he did I a great that. job. I love it. Dude, I uh, like yeah, it. that looks so good. Oh, I love it all. See, now, now I'm going to have to shave my beard off so I can look just like that. Maybe Bigfoot will give me another ride then. Ooh. Nice. How perfect with our style of artwork, too, to put the cover the eyes with the TOT3K yeah. thing, like the Manson ones. And, dude, we're going to have to keep you in mind. You got some good work going on here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, do y'all got any shout outs? So, I sent you guys a picture from Emily that drew a Kardashian ass Bigfoot pen drawing uh, you guys remember that yes oh yeah couldn't forget that boy's thick i uh, know that ass was popping so i just wanted to give her a shout out i'm sorry if i pronounced your name wrong 
I appreciate the work that you did for us, taking your time. I know you said you were inspired to do so, but we love getting drawings in. Anything at all. If you guys just sit down and doodle something and you're like, this is cool, send it in. You know, if you're okay with it, we might even post it on Instagram or something like that. Like, we want to see what you guys can come up with. Yeah, I think I'm going to make a listener art tab on Instagram. Oh, and oh, I like that. add that under the stories and have a listener art stories tab for people to look through and give credit to everyone who does stuff like that. That'd oh, be I nice. Like that. oh, I like that a lot. I know. I love getting drawings and pictures of Bigfoot. It makes my day. Do you show Bigfoot the drawings that people make of him? Some of them. Some of them he's just like, that's way too accurate and it scares him. Uh, okay. Especially the Kardashian one. He kind of just like, whoa, whoa. They must have actually saw me. My ass too small in picture. <laughs> no. um, All right, y'all got any more shout outs? More meat. <laughs> um, I'm going to shout out Jose from, um, well, from Twitter, but also from Discord. I appreciate you letting me bombard you with all those songs. And MC, I know you know you're my lollipop, my man. Appreciate you. You're always making me smile. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that that's everyone. Well, you know, I can't, it won't be right if I don't. Jake, I miss you, man. You haven't messaged me in a while. Jake the Snake Roberts. Listen here, brother. And uh, I, I know I had more, but you know, Leanne, you're awesome. I hope that you're enjoying this episode today um, and that you had a good weekend. All you guys are amazing communicating with us. Thank you again for the Discord chat. Like, literally, you made um, made my day better this week. So, thank you. Uh, Dan, you got any specific shout-outs, or are you good? Uh, Jake Farm, he sent me a... He linked a picture of his favorite conspiracy. Well, it says favorite conspiracy is that everything is going to be okay, which made me laugh. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, nice. 2020 is not going right. <laughs> no. No, but just, you know, shout-out to everyone on Facebook. Love getting the messages. Still trying to reply to everybody. Fucking inbox is full. Trying to get there. And then everyone on Discord. I love how the how the community is just coming together on there. Literally people joined and just hop right in the conversation. That's great. Yeah, I love it. It's it's great stuff. Another reason to hop on our Patreon, man. You get all the backlogged episodes for $5 a month. All future episodes. And you get access to our Discord server. So... It's great stuff. So check that out. Patreon's really cool. You could also change your pledge amount if you're like, well, we'd like to help you out more. There's an easy way to just change your pledge, but we only ask for $5 because that's, you know what? We love you guys and we want to keep doing this for you. But if we could do this full time, we could do so much more for you guys. Yeah. We would be in the wilderness doing videos. We'll go do the, We'll go to freaking Salem. Yeah. We'll, I'll do we'll it. We'll make road trips. You guys make this happen. We'll make some videos and do on-the-scene reporting. And we'll even find Hans's ass. And then he can come join us, too. Do some yeah. on-the-scene. We'll question the scene. him about his ass being clapped. Yes. <laughs> yeah. About me. I'm just kidding. Anyways. <laughs> all right. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, thank you for your support. You are all amazing. So with that being said, Dan and Anna, you want to roll us out? Of course. It's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you're not alone. 
Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>